Matthew 17, verse 1. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into an high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. That's Elijah from the Greek to, to English. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. And I wish he would have stopped right there, but he, he has, he's a Baptist. He has foot and mouth itis. He said, If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses and one for Elias. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, and be not afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the atmosphere that you created in here tonight. I thank you, dear God, for the testimonies. I thank you specifically. There was some young people you just really got on this evening, and I thank you for that. I pray, dear God, that you fill me with your spirit. I pray that you give every one of us an ear to hear and let us hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. We not be hearers only, but we doers also. Lord, give me liberty and use us tonight for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you. Might be seated. I want to say a few things by way of introduction and I'll give you the message that God has put on my heart. In verse number one, we see there is separation in these verses. The chapter prior, Jesus has taken his disciples as far in, as far as we know by scripture, as far into Gentile territory as he had ever taken them. He takes them to a place called Caesarea Philippi and there's no mistake that Jesus takes them far into Gentile territory. Then he uh, tells them about the church for the first time. The the church and Gentiles just happen to go together. Amen. And I thank God for that. But then he doesn't stop just at the church. For the first time in verse number 21 of chapter 16, Jesus reveals to them the gospel without parables, without foreshadowments, without shadows. He tells them that he is going to go to Jerusalem. He is going to be offered up and he's going to rise again. Amen. That is the gospel. And these, and then he tells them about discipleship. And no doubt these, these disciples who have walked away from everything. They've walked away from their religion. They've walked away from their homes. They've walked away from their jobs and their careers. These, just, these disciples had to be crushed. Matter of fact, he said, if you're going to be my disciple, you're going to have to deny yourself by take up your cross and follow me. That wasn't a necklace to them. That wasn't just a term of endearment to them. That was a literal Roman cross and it shook these disciples, no doubt. So in this chapter, Jesus takes his inner circle and I believe I've always wondered about the Mount of Transfiguration and what was the purpose of it and I believe he's taking this inner circle Peter, James and John away he's separating them from the work of God so he can show them some things this past week God took us away from the work uh, from our jobs from, from our homes at some points and he pulled us up onto a mountain to show us some things amen so we see the separation in these verses but in verse number 2 we see the shadow in these verses the Bible says and was transfigured before them and his face did shine as the sun and his raiment was white as the light now we believe the Bible don't we amen and Jesus was literally shining on this mountain now I'm not being uh, irreverent when I say this 
but Jesus did not go around like the stained glass window show with a glow about his head all the time. If he would have went around with a glow all over his head like the Catholics think, they would have made him king. There would have been no crucifixion. There would have been no, I wonder if he's the son of God. No, if a guy's walking around glowing, he's God. Amen? And, and please don't take this irreverently, but Jesus, while he was on earth, he, he sucked in his godness. He was all God, he was all man, and I don't know any better way to say it, but he, he held that godness in, amen? He showed some t- at times, he would walk on the water at times, he would heal the blind at times, he would raise the dead, but Jesus didn't just go around shining. He had just told these men that he's about to die. He had just told these men that he is gonna, they've gotta take up a cross, and no doubt they probably had some doubts in their mind, but you know what Jesus did? He took them up on this mountain away from everything everybody else and he said you know what boys you probably got a little doubt that I'm God but I'm going to show you exactly who I am he got up on that mountain and he transfigured he started to shine boys that word transfigured in Greek is metamorphoso it's where we get our word metamorphosis that meant that God took that small that, that beauty that was on the inside and he showed it forth on the outside Isaiah said there's no beauty that we should desire him he was just a normal man on the outside but brother Barnes he was all God on the inside Jesus is God's perfect man and man's perfect God and God allowed the godness that was on the inside of Jesus to shine forth to prove to these men exactly who he was Oh, and can I time out to shout right quick like Brother Langston would say? Hey, there's another time in our Bible that word metamorphoso is used. It's in Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world. Here it is, but be ye transformed. Did you know, listen, we're not Mormons. We don't believe we're God. Somebody say amen right there. If we're God's, we're in a mess, amen? Oh, but I'll tell you this. If you're saved tonight, you've got the God of heaven living within you. He's in me. I'm in him. And Brother Jason, tonight, according to the word of God, if I'll give myself to God, just like Jesus shined on this mountain, we can shine out. God can take a metamorphosis, and he can take the God that's living on the inside and shine him out to the world that's on the outside, amen? So we see the, uh, the, the, the separation, we see the shining. But in verse number three, we see the saints in these verses. Look at it. Says, and behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. Now, we, we, we know that Moses is a representation of the law. Elijah is a type and a picture of the prophets. He's the greatest, in my opinion, the greatest working prophet. But I believe it was a deeper meaning than this. You got to remember, Jesus is trying to prove himself to them. He's trying to show some things to them. And, and, and let me say this I believe that uh, Jesus was wanting to show him his, them his power Amen. on this mountain. Preacher, he has these saints, in my opinion, two of the greatest saints of the Old Testament, uh, the, the two of the greatest saints in the Bible. There's a deeper, th- deeper thought here. Moses. What happened to Moses? God let him go up, see over into, into Canaan. And then what happened to Moses? He died. The angels took and buried his body, Brother Jack, and he, he died. And God buried him. He's standing on this mountain. I don't believe this is a spiritual Moses. 
I don't believe this is an allegorical Moses. I believe this is a, I don't know how they knew it was Moses and I don't know if they had name tags on or what happened, amen. But this was a physical Moses and a physical Elijah. You know what Jesus showed these men? He showed them that he is able as God, as the God-man, he is able to take that saint that was dead and raise him again from the grave. Hey, they got to see a resurrected saint on this mountain. But don't, there's more. Elijah, here he is. You remember in 2 Kings 2, they're walking along. He smites the waters. They cross over Jordan. A whirlwind and chariot of fire comes and raptures Elijah out. Hey, you know what these men got to see? These men that are about to kick off the church age. This men that are about to be crucified and beheaded and boiled in oil. You know what God showed them? That if they do die, he's able to rapture or resurrect their bodies. But if they don't die, he's able to rapture them out. Amen. Hallelujah to God. I love these verses. But we've got to get to verse 4. Unfortunately. (laughs) Then answered Peter, said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt. Can I say this in passing? Most of our praying is not praying for the will of God. Most of our praying is trying to convince God of our will. You notice that's what he's trying to do here. He's missing the whole point, Brother Blake, to try to get his will. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles. One for thee, comma. One for Moses, comma. And one for Elias. I see the separation, the shining, and the saints in this text. But unfortunately, I see the silliness in these verses. The silliness in these verses. Preacher, I I noticed that we're still in the Old Testament here. I know we're in the book of Matthew, but dispensationally the death of the testator is not taking place. So in these verses, they are still under the Old Covenant. Would you all agree with that? And in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, Brother Chris, what did they do in tabernacles? They worshipped in tabernacles. Brother Laddie, here are good men, godly men, saints. And you know what they're doing? He he put them all on the same level. Let us build a tabernacle where we worship things for you, Jesus, and for Moses, and for Elijah. I believe Moses and Elijah were great men. I I believe God greatly used them, and I believe God's going to use them even more in the future. But preacher, on a plane with Jesus, they don't deserve to be on the same plane with Jesus. They They don't deserve to have that adoration. They do not deserve to be worshiped. Matter of fact, Jesus didn't even give us the name of the Mount of Transfiguration, I believe, because he didn't want the Jews worshiping there today. You say, well, Brother Chris, I just don't believe that they would worship Moses and Elijah. Well, let me ask you this. When they buried Moses, the angels buried Moses. God didn't let the Jews bury Moses. The angels buried Moses. And Jude tells us that the, the, the devil disputed with the archangel Gabriel over the body of who? Moses. I believe it was Michael, not Gabriel. Why did they want it? Why did the devil want the body of Moses? He knew if he could get the body of Moses to those Jews that they would have built a shrine out in that desert and they would have, they're still it today. They're not worshiping God. They're worshiping Moses. You say, Brother Chris, I just don't know. Second Kings 2. That Elisha's over there becoming a hero and you got 40 or 50 seminary graduates over here. Wouldn't know God if they were standing in a 40-acre field with him. Amen. 
And they come over, Elisha comes over. I mean, he's smiting water. He's not looking for a hero. He's being a hero. And preacher, they said, let us go into the wilderness and look for your master. Just in case the Holy, just in case the Spirit dropped them off on some mountain. Sounds like a bunch of mid-trivers today. Like God ain't good enough to get us out before the wrath. Amen. Brother Blake, that's a bunch of, bunch of theological students. The sons of the prophets, they said, let us go out. And you know what they did? They wasted three days doubting God. They wasted three days looking for Elijah's, Elijah's body when God had raptured him out. Hey, you know what they wanted? They, didn't want, they, 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 they wanted the body of Elijah so they could build a tabernacle and worship him. You say, Brother Chris, what is your point? You know what I believe in, in my life is one of the things I struggle with the most and y'all probably are more spiritual than I am and don't deal with this, but I'm preaching this tonight and y'all pray for me. Brother Dave, I deal with a lot of times missing what God has for me because I can't keep my eyes off of the saints in my life. Brother Jack, I, and these are good saints, but here is Jesus and he's shining. Here is Jesus. They never saw him again like this on, uh, uh, during his earthly ministry, Brother Brian. He is literally glowing, and they can't quit looking at the saints in their life. And they almost missed everything that Jesus had for them. They almost missed everything that God had for them because of the saints in their life. I wonder if we're guilty tonight all that God gave us last week through his word and through his men did we miss out on some things because we wouldn't quit looking and focusing at the saints hey Jesus needs to have the preeminence in my life he needs to have the preeminence in your life and many times I'll look at bad saints I'll look at good saints I'll be focused on faithful saints I'll be focused on unfaithful saints I'll be focused on carnal saints or spiritual saints hey and I'll miss one what God has for me. And it's silliness. Would y'all agree with that? So tonight in verse 8, it says they saw no man save Jesus only. And I want to preach just for a few minutes on going from silliness to seeing no man save Jesus only. How are we going to get the saints out of our view and get him in our view? First thing, let's look at verse number 5. While he yet spake... Behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. The first thing I believe we need, and we've seen a lot of it last week, but I want to say more about it, is a lingering. A lingering. Brother Jonathan, I noticed that this cloud settles in on the mountain. As we've already discussed, they are still in the Old Testament here, and that cloud uh, is saw all through the Old Testament. Numbers 9, that cloud rests upon the children of Israel out in the desert. And he, uh, can you imagine? I always think, y'all pray for me, I'm carnal. I always think of that little cartoon cloud that, that reigns over one person in the scene. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Bugs Bunny is there, and then Elmer Fudd's there, and Elmer Fudd's hunting, and the one cloud is over Elmer Fudd, and Bugs is standing there saying, what's up, Doc, eating a carrot? Y'all know what I'm talking about? In my mind, I'm carnal, y'all pray for me, that's the kind of cloud I've always thought this was. But there's two million Jews out there. I want you to think about that cloud. Every day when they got up out of their tent, they looked as far as they could that way and there's cloud. They looked as far as they could that way and there's cloud. And as far as they could that way and that way. And as far as they could see, there's cloud protecting them. It was their protection. Can you imagine living 40 years in the desert and not getting sunburned? 
No skin cancer. Amen. No leathery skin. Because of the cloud. The cloud is guiding them. Every day the cloud, you know where their food, their manna came from? It came through the cloud. You know where their rotisserie quail came from? It came through the cloud. You know what? When they needed to know which way to go, it went, they went to the left. If the cloud went to the left, they went to the left. If the cloud went to the right, they went to the right. If the cloud settled down, they settled down. Every day it was a representation of the Lord in their life. And as much as I would love to have seen something like that, can I say as New Testament believers, we have something much greater. See, we don't get to see the cloud physically, but we get to feel the cloud spiritually. This cloud is a representation. I believe in the indwelling presence of God. But I'll tell you what we've seen the past week, and that is the manifested presence of God. I love seeing God get on these young people tonight and them not be able to control it and not be able to help themselves. Hey, that's the manifested presence of God. Hey, you know, the the cloud was on their place of worship. The cloud was over their houses. The cloud was around their houses. Hey, when they went to work, there was the cloud. When they was walking, there was the cloud. When they were worshiping, there was the cloud. The cloud was just as real for the Jews at the house of God as it was at their house. I'll tell you what we need tonight. Hey, we need the cloud, not just here, but at home. We need the manifestation of God in our lives. Hey, young people, don't wait to church to get to worship it. Worship at home. Mom and Daddy, let us worship at home. Mama, worship while you're cleaning the dishes. Daddy, worship as you're working on the car. Hey, I'm telling you, we need the manifestation of the cloud tonight. You say, preacher, how does this help? Well, there's Peter, James, and John. And there's Moses and Elijah on this mountain. The cloud settles in, brother lad. And Jesus is the only one shining. He's the only one glowing. When the cloud shows up, brother laddie, only one we can see is Jesus. You don't see your problems. When the cloud settles in, brother, brother Chris, we don't see our our our, our heartaches and our and our worries and our troubles. When the cloud settles in, we don't see uncertainties. When the cloud settles in, and brother Danny's up here singing, and the cloud rests, I don't see brother Danny. I see the cloud. I see Jesus. I see the glory of God moving. I'll tell you, I need the cloud. Oh, it would make our prayer calls it so much sweeter if we had the cloud once again. It would make our marriage is so much sweeter if we had the cloud if we had that manifestation of his his holiness upon our lives once again I want him to be just as real at home as I've ever experienced him in church I hesitate I I feel like God wants me to say this I'll tell you this I want to we were sitting in the tent meeting back in September and it was on. The marksmen were singing and people were shouting and running and somehow little had ended up in my lap and, and preacher, I was sitting there on the front row and my grandfather was si- beside me and, and little was sitting here. My wife and Ezra were way back on the other side of the tent. I had been running and it's a 700 seat tent so I was very much out of breath. Somebody say amen. So I was not shouting at that point. I was trying to breathe at that point. Brother Lad, it was, go- it was good in there and little was sitting in my lap. And all of a sudden from the back, Brother Dave, I heard, Woo! Woo! 
I didn't even have to turn around. I knew who it was. But Laddie doesn't have to turn around when Miss Thelma shouts. None of us do now. We've heard her. Amen. We think, we're thankful for that. We know that, that sound. When Brother Laddie says hallelujah, I don't have to guess if it's Brother Laddie testifying. But you know what my little, at that time, three-year-old did? She leaned over to Grandan and she tapped him on the leg and she said, Grandan, that's my mama shouting. You know what I'd rather her know? What it sounds like for a moment. I'm not glorifying my my wife. I'm not lifting her or me up. We 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 struggle. We don't. We fail. We're not always consistent like we should. Oh, but I want my little boy, my little girl, to know what it is for God to settle in on Mama or God to settle in on Daddy. I want them to know what it's like. Hey, for God to settle in at the house and at the gas station and at Walmart. I want them to know what the cloud is. Amen. I see there's a lingering to sit in his presence. Nobody could be seen but Jesus. The first, next thing I want to see is the Bible said in verse 5, And behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. I see there's a lingering, but there's also a listening. And, and I find this amazing. There's only three times in your Bible where uh, God the Father speaks during the time uh, of the ministry of Christ. It's uh, at his baptism on the Mount of Transfiguration and then uh, almost an obscure time in John 12 when there's Gentiles all around him. And I don't have time to preach all of those, but I do want to preach this one tonight. Would you agree this is the Word of God here? Uh, God is literally speaking. This is the Word of God. And I believe if we examine that we need the Word of God. You know what helped us last week? It wasn't personality. God gives men personalities to, to use them. It wasn't ability, Brother Jack. God gives that ability. God could give that ability to anybody. I don't have a, a much ability. Y'all pray for when the watch done fell out. I got happy. Amen. Preacher, it wasn't ability. It wasn't personality. It was the Word of God that helped us last week. If anything's done today, it wouldn't be me or Brother Gravely. Or, and Brother Gravely would be the first one to say that. I'm a nothing. I'm a big zero. I'm a big nobody. I'm just his servant tonight. But you know what I do get to do? I get to preach his word. And his word is what helps us. And that's what we need. Brother Andrew, I noticed this. That, that the word of God does three things in this text. And as I begin to think about the Word of God being preached, I believe every time that the Word of God is preached and it's rightly divided with the right spirit, I believe it does these three things every single time. Look what he said. And behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son. Every time the Word of God is preached in the right spirit and its context, rightly divided, it's going to confirm to us who Jesus is. If God the Father could said anything, Brother Barnes, and he said, this is my beloved son. Preacher, he could have told us anything at this moment. But the, on the pages of Scripture, he told us this is his son. Hey, these young men were sitting here and they're wondering if Jesus really is who he says he is. And all of a sudden, the clouds open and God sends a word right in their time of doubt, right in their time of worry that Jesus is exactly who he says he is. That's what the Word of God will do. It confirmed who Jesus is. But then look, it said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Not only will the Word of God preach in the right spirit, right context, rightly divided, it'll confirm who Jesus is, but it'll commend who Jesus is. You know what the Word of God is going to do? It's going to tell, tell us who He is, but then it's going to lift Jesus up. 
God could have said anything, but he decided, Brother Brian, to lift Jesus up of all the things he could have said. He said, I'm just going to take a moment and I'm going to lift Jesus up. You know what we ought to do, Brother George? Every time we get a chance, we ought to just clear off a spot and just lift Jesus up. Just lift him up. The Word of God will get Jesus in the right view in our lives. And then, oh, I love this. It says, hear ye him. Every time the word of God's going to preach, be preached in his right spirit and rightly divided, it's going to confirm Jesus, it's going to commend Jesus, but it's going to command us to do him, do with with him, to do what he says. Preacher, I I believe that if we preach on tithing, it's going to do these three things. I believe if we preach on, on, on the home, it's going to do these three things. I believe, you know why, Brother Jack? And I got to thinking about that tithing, just an example. Tithing, if we do it, it, it shows us that God really is who he says he is. If we tithe, it's going to lift Jesus up because the work of God is going to keep going. Is that right? And tithing in itself is a command. So we're, the Word of God is telling us to do something. That is what the Word of God does in our lives. Whether it's witnessing, whether it's holiness, whether it's modesty, whether it's living right, whether it's preaching against our sin or for the good things, whatever it is, I believe when the Word of God is preached, it's going to do these three things. Amen. I was preaching last year in March down in the island of Beckway and uh, there was two weeks of meeting in the, the missionary down there, Brother David, and it was, he, he sent out a text to the men on the main island of St. Vincent. He said, I've got an evangelist with me and would you like to use him the, the, the Sunday in between the two weeks? And preacher, I, these men didn't know me. This was a national pastor. I found out later that he went to school here in the States and very liberal college. And, he, and anyways, I... He, he said, this guy texts back and he said, yeah, I'd love, I'd love for him to come. Well, sometime in the two months from when he agreed to that to when I, he picked me up at the ferry that Sunday morning, he apparently went and listened to one of my messages. And I don't think he liked it very much. He was, he's, he's a black man, but he was very pale that morning, amen? <laughs> he was very nervous that morning. And uh, he picked me up at the, 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 in his van at the dock at, at the ferry, and, and, he, and, 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 and he's, he's stuttering. He's nervous. This man is sweating. He's wringing his hand. I'm thinking, man, what's wrong with this dude? That's what he said, Brother Caleb. I noticed within the first five minutes of being in the van, he, 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 he said this, this phrase three times, just preach Jesus, brother. Just out of the blue. Just, just preach Jesus, brother. And preacher, I, I, and I'm, I, I preach Jesus. That's what I'm doing tonight. Y'all hear me? I'm preaching Jesus. But I, know, I took notice. I said, well, he said that awful lot in such a short conversation. That morning, I, I had about an hour and a half from the time he picked me up to the time I preached at his pulpit. And he said it 15 times. Y'all think that's a little redundant? I was like, man, what's this guy? And then I got in the sanctuary. He's got NIV verses on the wall. Right before I got up to preach, he let a woman get up and give a devotion out of a fake Bible. And I'm thinking, number one, I'm going to kill David Ballinger. That's the first thing I thought. I'm on, Brother David didn't know that. He wouldn't sure. have sent me into that. And you say, would you get up and blow it out? No, I didn't. Because I wouldn't have helped nobody. That's right. Amen. Amen. 
And that's not compromise either. That, that, that's trying, trying to use wisdom. And God had already put the gospel on my heart. I mean that, Brother Barnes. I, it's a Sunday morning, and preacher will know this. I, most of the time, I preach, I preach the gospel. Amen. But preacher, it hit me. What he meant by just preach Jesus, brother, was, was not that he wanted Christ to really be glorified. It meant that he didn't want me to preach on anything. That's right. Anything other than Jesus. But may I say, when we preach this book, it, it, whether it's reprove, rebuke, exhort, long, all long suffering, wherever it's at, it's Jesus. Amen. It's Jesus. And that's exactly what God... I'm sorry I took so much time on this point. Hey, that's exactly what we've experienced the last week. Hey, young men, if you young ladies, if you want the power of God on your life, if you want help with conquering sin and victory over sin in your life, get a steady diet of the Word of God. Hey, you know what's helped me? It's that podcast. I know I don't, we don't ever get to be here, but you know what I get to do, brother laddie? I get to turn on my phone and hear my... I preach or preach the word of God. I get to hear Buster Seton preach. I get to hear men all over the world preach the word of God. And it feeds me. Amen. It helps me to see Jesus. I've got to hurry out. Y'all pray for me. There's a lingering. There's a listening. Verse number six. Going from silliness to seeing no man save Jesus only. It says, and when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. We're going to have to have a lowering if we're going to see Jesus. They all fell on their face. Now I want to say this. You know what, Brother Laddie? I can't see you from right here. I can't, I can't see Hayden over there. I can't see Preacher. You know, I have a real hard time seeing any saints when I'm, I'm right here. Most of the time right here, I, I've spent God showing me how wicked I am. You know, Brother Jack, I've never, I've never one time gossiped about somebody while I was praying. Not one time. Brother Barnes, I've never gossiped about somebody in the afternoon that I prayed for in the morning. I've never become critical of a brother or sister in Christ right here. You know why? Because that's the mirror where God shows us who we really are. I believe that a lot of bickering and a lot of gossip, and I know that we got a great church, but I, I, this is what God put on my heart tonight. I guess we need to hear it tonight. Brother Josh, what to keep our eyes off of being critical of everybody else is if we'll just get on our faces and let God show us just how unworthy we are. Oh, God help us. We need a revival of prayer. Amen. Young people develop a prayer life. You say, I don't know how to pray. Ask God, He'll teach you. That's what the disciples, they said that the disciples never asked God to teach them how to preach. The disciples never asked God to teach them how to witness. They, but they did say, Lord, teach us to pray. You've got to have it. You've got to have it, Mama and Daddy. We've got to do it. If nobody's praying for our children, I understand our preacher prays for them, but you hear me, nobody knows our children like we do. And nobody that's a prayer list. Young people, nobody knows your parents like you do. That's a prayer list. That's not an excuse to get bitter. That's not an excuse to get sideways. They're inconsistent sometimes, just like we're inconsistent. Oh, but use it as an opportunity to pray for them. Mom and Daddy, nobody knows how to pray for your spouse like you do. Amen. Amen. 
It keeps the criticism down. It keeps the critical spirit down. You know who needs our prayer here? We love him. We love Miss Nolita. They need our prayers. Oh, every, every, every epistle Paul wrote, he said, pray for me. Pray for me. And you know who needs our prayer? We need to bathe him in prayer every day. Every day. Don't ever come in and be critical. And I've never heard him do it. If he flops, don't, don't get critical of him. Ask yourself, if you pray for him, have you asked God to touch him? Hey, Brother Dave, I believe we ought to pray for him like we want him praying for us. Hey, I wonder this past week, in the past month, already this year, have you prayed for preacher and Miss Nolita like you want them praying for your family? We need to pray for one another and it'll keep us from getting our eyes on each other in a critical way to keep our eyes on Christ. I, I'm moving, I'm moving. Listen, there was a lingering, there was a listening, there was a lowering. I want you to show, show you this. Verse 7, the Bible says, And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and be not afraid. There was a longing. Here they are and they're young men. But the teams and God puts his hand on them. And, and Peter is going to get crucified upside down. As an older man, but still he gets crucified upside down. James is going to have his head cut off. Everybody leaves him. Everybody walks away from him. Everybody turns their back on him. As we heard this past week, John has a nursing home ministry. He's not on any flyers. He's not on Facebook. He's not, he's not getting promoted. After John chapter 3 and 4, we really, or Acts chapter 3 and 4, we really don't hear from John anymore because he's taking care of Mary. Everybody else is getting showcased and everybody else is getting used and everybody else is getting promoted. But Brother Dave, everybody else is getting to travel. But here's John. He's just being faithful. Can I say that's what God wants from us tonight? God doesn't expect us to be fruitful. He's the one that takes care of the fruit. He wants us to be faithful. He wants us to be faithful. Amen. Brother Chris, if God lets you teach that Sunday school class, just be faithful. That's what God wants. But you know what kept John from getting bitter? You know what kept John from getting sideways or keeping John from quitting? He had blinders on because as a young preacher, Brother Andrew, he was up on this mountain and God put his hand on him. Jesus put his hand on him and all through the rest of his life, Brother Laddie, when his friends would walk away, he said, that's okay. I want the hand of God on my life. When sin would be presented, he said, oh no, I don't want that. I want God's hand on my life. He kept walking and he kept the the hand of God on his life. We get to Revelation 1. John's an old preacher. Can you imagine the pre message he preached that day that they boiled him in oil? I mean, here's an old man. And he preaches such a rough message that they boil him in oil. I don't like to heard that message. And he's so tough, Brother Dave, that it didn't even kill him. He didn't have aloe vera. He didn't get to go to the burn unit. No, they exiled the old preacher on a desert island. And when I would have been having a case of the Mully Grubs and calling the CLA and posting how bad it was on Facebook, he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Here he is having a meeting. And he turned around, Brother Dave, and he looked up, and here's a Jesus just like he saw him on this mountain. Jesus is shining. He's glowing again. And what does John do? Just like the last time he saw him like that, he fell on his face. And just like God touched him as a young preacher, 
God touched him as an old preacher. You know what every one of us need in here tonight? I don't care if we're young or old, whether we're, we're on the platform or whether we're in the pew. We need the hand of God on our life. We need to saddle up. The last thing I see is in verse 8. They saw no man save Jesus only. We need to just simply look. If I could beg you of anything in the days going forward, don't focus on everybody else. If you focus on me, you're going to see unfaithfulness. You're going to see inconsistencies. I'm going to, like Peter, stick my foot in my mouth. But you know one person who's never been a hypocrite? You know one person who's never been inconsistent? You know one person who's never been unfaithful? It's Jesus. I'm convinced those people Miss April was talking about, most of them say when they leave this way, well, I saw such and so and they did this and they were inconsistent at this and they did, and, and now they're out there drinking wine and wearing britches and v-necks and, 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 and skinny jeans and getting agapes tattooed on their arm like they know what that means. But you know what they point at? They never point at, well, the preacher just wasn't feeding us much. They never point out, well, the choir just didn't have the touch of God on them like they used to. No, they start pointing out the inconsistencies in other people's lives. That's, right. That's what they parade. Well, we do this now because of what I saw in somebody else before. If you'll keep your eyes off of each other, That's right. if we'll keep our eyes off of each other and keep our eyes on Him, we'll never see inconsistencies. Amen. All we'll see is Him. I wonder tonight, are you seeing no man save Jesus only? Do you have that hand like you used to on your life? Mom and Daddy, how, how's your home? How's the family altar? How's the, 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 the present? Is the cloud resting? Young men, are you, are you submerging yourself in the Word of God? Young ladies, are you keeping yourself submerged in the Word of God? Are you learning to pray? Every day is a new lesson in prayer. We just got to get in the classroom. That's right. Let's all stand. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Preachers.